Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everyone. If you are like us, or really probably like most people, you're a little bit interested in learning more about yourself and being typed and figuring yourself out, whether that is taking a Myers-Briggs test or learning about your astrological sign or filling out a quiz in a women's magazine about if you're a carrier or Samantha, which is a very timely reference. (laughs) Um, But one of the tools that we have found ourselves kind of fascinated with over the last couple of years and that we wanted to talk to you today about was uh, the Enneagram. It is a a personality test. It types people just um, with nine different sort of personality types. Uh, Then there's something called wings, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, But Angie, you and I have both found ourselves very sort of taken with this and would love to talk a little bit about, you know, what's your experience been with learning more about yourself and others Enneagram types? Yeah, I think this is just a fascinating way to kind of be introspective and see how you could categorize yourself. Just if you guys aren't familiar with it, there's nine types. The first type is the idealist. The second type is the helper. The third is the achiever. Fourth is individualist. Type five is the observer. Sixth, loyalist. Seven, enthusiast. Eight, challenger. And nine, peacemaker. So when I first, you know, honestly, I've known about this for quite some time, but um, when I used to take the test, I would test as an eight, which is a challenger. And, and there's nothing wrong with every, being Nope, there sure isn't. But personally, every time I would read anything about an eight, I would be deeply offended. <laughs> deeply. Like to a point where I decided I hated the Enneagram. I was like, well, it's not right. It's not me. That I, It's only talking about like the worst parts about me. There was no good in it. And that's not eight um, behavior I, to hate that kind of assessment. <laughs> it sure isn't. So I think that's, you know, showed some flags that maybe I was testing incorrectly. And actually Emily encouraged me to take it again. And when I tested again, and I've tested many times and read several books at this point, I am a very clear three, which is the achiever. That one lines up so much better with my pros and cons about myself that I'm not offended by the test anymore. So now I'm a full lover of Enneagram and talk about it all the time. Give us a quick uh, Cliff's notes about the three and uh, how that sort of manifests itself both in your personal and you know professional lives. So the, the achiever, you're versatile, you're motivated, you're influential, you're charming, you're a hard worker. What's not great is you don't turn off you're always on. You're always trying to achieve, move forward. Rest is really hard for an achiever. Um, you want to seem admirable and impressive, which I hate, but I understand how that comes with the stereotype of the achiever. And I think you're trying to prove your own value by what you produce. I think the thing is about all the types though, is there's like a universal truth in all of them that is 
deeply embarrassing for each of us. Totally. And while my comparison is for eight, everything was offensive to me or embarrassing, but for three, I identify with it. And the embarrassing piece is true for me. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think that's a really good way to put it. I, uh, when I was introduced to this, it was by a colleague who, um, turned me onto it a few years ago and she had been kind of blown away by the same thing. And the way that like the test that we took, which I paid $12 to do the Enneagram Institute's test and would highly recommend, um, anybody who's able to spend that $12 to get a very like deep and rather brutal assessment of, um, things that as a four, I thought I was able to like conceal, about myself. (laughs) But in fact, I am just a basic caveman um, like everybody else. The Enneagram 4, which I am, is the individualist. And this is so hokey and weird. Um, But, you know, the motivation is to be seen as um, special and different and And not boring and not boring and have some larger meaning and significance. And they're, they're fussy, they're artsy, they're temperamental, they're very, a lot of brooding. Um, which is spot on, but really want to sort of find meaning, whether that's, you know, in their lives or their worlds or with the art that they make. It's a lot of like, I see myself as very different from everybody else when in fact that's not true because it's just not, we're all just human lumps of flesh and animals and nobody is really that like remarkable or special. Many of these assessments and sort of like descriptions of the types are more objective than I think a lot of other things I've read. You know, I think that like, I used to walk around my elementary school with a copy of um, a book about the Myers-Briggs type, which was really, really. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, I was in sixth grade. <laughs> I've not told you this story. <laughs> I don't think so. And I definitely didn't know what Myers-Briggs was in, when I was 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so it was this book. I know exa- this is, this is the section of the podcast called Emily's Book Nostalgia. And today we're going to talk about a book called Do What You Are. This was a book that was specifically about how it was kind of, it was not written by the same people, but there was also another po- very popular book job book in the 80s and 90s called what color is your parachute i had that too and it was all about (laughs) it was all about um choosing a job and a career based on your myers-briggs type and i would carry this book around school with me and like try to get my classmates to take this test and they were like no (laughs) no i'm 10 But I just remember so clearly really loving this book um, for the same reasons, again, that I think we all gravitate toward, um, you know, personality tests and learning if we're a Carrie or a Samantha or our Zodiac sign, which like some people really, really subscribe to. I, I kind of don't. But this to me is sort of the most objective and honest assessment of certainly myself that I've read. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you feel the same way. Yeah. No, I definitely feel seen. Um, and I follow a bunch of artists and, you know, just Enneagram Instagram accounts, essentially. And then every time they post a series, they're posting about all nine types. And I'm just swiping through. Can't wait to get to the three. Sure. And I have a whole folder of saved posts. No kidding. That's about so smart. Threes. There it's, are- it's super interesting. And yeah. there's so many layers to it. You touched on the wings, which we can talk about in a second. But there's also... Something I find fascinating is in periods of stress and growth, you take on different numbers and different um, identities. So for me, 
let me go into that folder and pull up my, my example here. But for me as a three, when I'm stressed, I take on type nine, which I become disengaged and apathetic, which is completely how I am when I'm overwhelmed or too stressed. I just shut down. In periods of growth, I take on a six. So I'm cooperative and I'm committed. Um, So it's just really fascinating how they're all interchangeable. And everyone, everything I've read, we all have a little bit of all those types in us. It's just what's dominant and what stands out or what's brought out by certain circumstances. A lot of the Enneagram is based on not really what you are like, but what motivates you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said before. So I think that like when we're thinking about how we can collaborate with other people, keeping their motivations in mind rather than just like their personality traits for me, um, it helps me to be a little bit more empathetic and it helps me to realize that other people are motivated by success or by helping other people out. And that makes me feel a little bit more understanding of them. Do you find that you're sort of in your relationships that you're able to, to understand people better through this lens? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why I push the test on so many people. Oh, same. Um, I like bought it for people. I was like, <laughs> you have to do this right now. But honestly, I think maybe it just needs to be tattooed on everyone's forehead, your number, so then we can identify right away how to work with each other. But yeah, I've actually really surprising my boyfriend and my best friend both tested as eights. As I've mentioned, that's what I was originally testing as, but neither of them were offended by their test. And that fact, I think they, is the funniest I, part of the story. They identified with it and they lo- and they're like, this is so me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Aren't, really? Okay. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I can see it, especially at work. You see that a lot. Like, you know, I've had several other people take it by force and many times I don't see them as a friend in the result, but then they talk about well, that's definitely how I am at work or that's how I am when I'm really focused. And that's not really how you see a lot of your friends sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah. We are, several folks at my work have floated the idea around of doing or have done um, a how to work with me exercise, which I have sort of anecdotally experienced as something like that I see more and more in workplaces and, and you know, in my colleagues and friends doing. And one of my things that I want to put in there is that like, Not that I think everybody's going to go and read up on my Enneagram type, but it's for me a helpful shorthand of like how to explain myself to other people. Well, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if this does become a little more normalized and it's talked about the ways Myers-Briggs is. Maybe there's not a zillion scientists behind this one, but you'll look at someone's LinkedIn profile and they'll have their four letters there. So why not include your Enneagram as well? You and I are wonderful friends. We are and have been great collaborators we are not very similar as, as far as personalities go. Um, Correct. Tell, tell the story of when we looked at the screenshots of our results, when we took um, the test that sort of maps out how much of each uh, nine type you are. Yeah. Okay. So I had been complaining about Enneagram because of the, <laughs> you know, they tested eight thing Yeah. and I was, you know, offended and like, really in a weird place with it. And Emily sent me, um, I think it was the Truity test, which is a free one. Um, And that's the one I push on everyone else. Um, We'll link to that in the show notes. But I took that test and this time I tested three and I, like I said, 
have many times now. And it was so funny because my three was huge. My eight was huge. My seven was huge. Seven's enthusiast, eight's challenger, and three's achiever. So those, I mean, those are right. That's where they should be. That High energy, motivated, brilliant. Yeah. And like leader mentality, kind of strong-willed, you know. And it was so funny though. And like most of the others were very low. I had some four too, I guess. Those are kind of my three or four there. Um, So I sent Emily a screenshot and I just got back like the most crying laughing emojis ever (laughs) because then she followed up with a screenshot of hers, which was legitimately the opposite. Full inverse. (laughs) Everything Uh was turned on its head. Like we will also attach that so you can see it for reference, but it is so funny to see how different we are, but those different personality types really can collaborate and um, work really well together. Yeah. It was really just such a riot to see like this huge screaming four and like, like six, nine, and two, I think are my sort of runners up in like, you know, kind of medium. And then all of the like, sort of like dominant, um, assertive, um, really kind of powerful, like motivated and driven traits. I displayed almost none of, um, which are again, all things that Andy, that Angie indexes on very high. So uh, you can have some of your best collaborators could be your total opposite. And that's cool. Yeah. It's just bizarre that when you, you take these quizzes and they're repetitive and they ask the same sort of thing, you know, over and over in different ways, uh, the way a lot of these sort of assessments do. Right. And you're kind of annoyed. You're like, why is he asking that again? Right. But it never fails. You always will come out the other end with the, the result you get. Um, each time and it's just it's just bizarre pardon the interruption it's angie i just wanted to take a minute of your time and tell you about this really fun and useful tool i've created for free over on check plus coaching if you've been skipped over for promotion or want to make more money or just want to stand out from your peers this freebie is for you it's packed with actionable advice you can set in motion today I cover topics like ways to be actively involved in your career development, how to manage expectations so you can control your time more effectively, developing your self-awareness through active listening, and getting really good at goal setting. These are things I cover with my coaching clients all the time, but I wanted to put together a quick overview so more people could benefit from this info. You can download my free guide, The Check Plus Path to Promotion at checkpluscoaching.com slash free dash guide. That's checkpluscoaching.com slash free dash guide. If you missed it, don't worry. We'll link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. So one thing we've kind of touched on a couple of times, um, and I want to go back to and kind of clarify for anybody who cares. <laughs> um, when you have a, a type, you have a dominant type, which is a three or a four in our cases, but then you can also have a wing and your wing is the numbers on either side of you. So mine would either be a two or a four, but think about your wings as like, if you're a bird and you're flying, your body is your your dominant type and your wings are would be for me, my two and my four. You're going to lean into one a little bit more. One stronger, one helps you turn, one um, you just kind of favor. I love I guess the you, 
I guess you could think about it as like a left or a right hand too in that regard. So I'm a wing four, which leans a little more into that individualist, right? The creator, you want to be unique. You want to be really authentic. There's some negatives there too, but um, (laughs) it's very super individualist, um, which I can identify with, especially as kind of an artist and a creator and a maker. Yeah. I am a a four wing five, which fives are um, a very kind of analytical, introspective uh, type, which spends a lot of time in their own head as fours do too. But the the three wing, as I understand it, um, is, you know, a little more outspoken and living out loud a little more than your four wing fives of the world who love like the deep, dark, rich interiors of their mind, which is not a phrase (laughs) that I'm using seriously in any way whatsoever. They also, another thing I'm just like looking, I have this awesome book that we'll also link to. There is one that says, you know, three with wing fours are loyal, care deeply about their work and their relationships and really want to build other people up. So I think um, that plays a lot into my career and where I get kind of my inspiration and what lights me up. So yeah, I think it's really cool to kind of explore that and see where, where you fit. To Angie's point, there are a ton of, for some reason, artists on Instagram who have developed quite vast followings just doing art about Enneagram types. It's really interesting. I mean, yeah. A, there are nine types, so it just fits into that grid layout so beautifully when they're posting about, you know, one a day. But, you know, we are, a disclaimer, of course, in no way certified to be talking about this in any real way. And there are folks that you will find, not even the artists, but like actual just like Enneagram experts who are really, really yeah. wonderful. And I have um, asked before to have, you know, one of our professional development committees at my job in, invite one of these folks in to talk to us. Um, I think it would be really interesting, especially again, if we're doing these, how to work with me frameworks. Um, I think that having a pro talk to you as they feel as though they do on Instagram has been really interesting. So highly That's encourage cool. you to I hunt would, those out. I would like that zoom link if that happens. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, actually I've bought literally three books on this after I became fascinated Um, I think in November, I just went on a little bit of a spree. And the one I like the most, which is from an artist who I follow on Instagram, hers is take care of your type is what it's called. And it talks about self-care for your type or, you know, what are you prone to doing overworking from instance for me? So have an end of day shutdown routine or like little tips to kind of get yourself out of your head and and push you towards um, taking care of yourself rather than over stimulating your type. Well, and who um, couldn't use a few self-care tips right now? Exactly. And it's, you know, it's, it's like a cute size. Yeah. Um, it's hard bound. It has um, illustrations in it, but it's also very, very useful. And it also talks about like, if you um, are in a relationship with a four, how do you help them? So it's, it's a really nice book and you can read about each type and kind of see where your people in your life fall, which is, and how you can help them or be supportive of them based on that. So highly recommend. That's cool. That's much, much more helpful and nicer than carrying around a copy of do what you are circa 1993. I cannot get over little Emily <laughs> carrying around business books about deciding what kind of career path she's going to have yeah. at 10 years old. It was weird. Um, so, you know, we all need a book to sort of help us figure everything out. So if it's that, if it's this, uh, we have a dear friend who is very beholden to her astrology, but the birthday book, 
um, which has two pa- a two-page spread of everything about you based on your birthday. Um, so she yeah, seven. I made her take the test. That tracks. I get it. But yeah, it's sort of just nice to have different ways to figure out who we are in the world. Um, spoken like a true four. But it's just, this has been really interesting. And we certainly encourage you to do a little bit of digging. There are free tests. There's that $12 test. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just fun to do a little bit of self-exploration. Yeah. If uh, you guys find any of this interesting or valuable, we'd love to keep talking about it. Uh-huh. So engage engage with um, the content on Instagram. Let's get in our DMs. Let's talk about this. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is theartist-atwork.com. We'll see you next time.